Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this too. Bottom line, welcome to Pre-Med Problems. As always, I'm your host, Alexa, and today we are going to talk about gaining clinical experience. Every pre-med knows how big of a deal this is. Um, you know, you have so many options, and I feel like, especially as a pre-med and early on in your college days, it can be really confusing and kind of hard to know which way to navigate, which way to go, what kind of a clinical experience to get, what counts, because there's just so much misinformation, conflicting information out there. So I'm going to break it down for you nice and easy. So really what I'm going to base this in is what I did for my clinical experience. Um, and I will touch upon some things that I know other people do that counts as clinical experience. So majority of people that are pre-med, and I would even say a lot of pre-PAs scribe, but that's like the big thing. I never scribed. I personally found it to be, at least I thought it was very passive. Um, when you scribe, you basically are on a team and you're partnered with a physician or several physicians. It depends on what kind of environment you're scribing in. I've worked in an ED before, so I've seen exactly how the scribes operate with the doctors and stuff. And basically, you just go into patient rooms with doctors or you don't go into the patient room and you basically just do their charts for them. Um, And you write everything in the chart. You, you know, they tell you what to write. It's really just a lot of charting. And for me personally, I like interacting with people, you know, I like gaining that hands-on experience. And just my personal opinion, scribing is not super hands-on. Um, you're not doing a lot of talking to And again, this is just my personal opinion. This is my experience of what I've seen with scribes in where the, my places of work. I just don't think it's very personable. Yeah, you get to talk a lot with doctors, which is really great. It'll allow you to form really good relationships with several doctors, you know, that could potentially be your mentors, give you tons of advice and experience. So there are a ton of pros and you get to learn a lot directly from the doctors because you're writing down what they observe, their treatment plans. Like you will learn a lot. Um, it's just, in my opinion, very passive. So, and you know, depending on who you ask, it's also seen as passive. Um, I don't know if any, if you, watch or listen to Dr. Gray. He's, if you don't know who that is, he's a huge like med school guru person on YouTube and social media. He obviously scribing is great because it's kind of like more involved shadowing kind of, but, um, he always says it's very passive. So it's obviously good to have, but my personal opinion from my application cycles and my interviews, everybody always asks me about my clinical experiences, especially my time as an emergency room technician. So let's get into it. So like I said, scribing is a really big and really popular one. Um, my clinical experience journey. So the first thing I did was I got my CNA certification. So what is a CNA? A CNA is a certified nursing assistant. You can take a course. Um, It's in person. This was pre-COVID, so I did this the summer after my freshman year of college. So this was obviously pre-COVID, so now there might be versions where you can do some of it online and then like the practical portion in the classroom. I'm not sure. You'd have to look into it. So summer after my 
freshman year of college, I took, I believe it was six weeks, because this is dating me back a little bit, I think like four or five years, I took a six week, I believe it was, course, it was like nine to five-ish, almost every day, um, and pretty much what it consisted of was I was in the class, I think I was in the classroom for 50 hours, and then I think I was literally in a clinical setting, it was in a nursing home, I want to say for 40, or those hours could be flipped, flipped, I'm not sure, every state has certain hour requirements to gain your license in general, um, it'll have in-classroom hour requirements, and then it'll have clinical hour requirements, so again, that'll just vary state by state, but I did this class, and I think it cost, again, depending on where you do it, the cost will be different. I want to say my class cost about a little bit over a grand, but I think it also gave me the notebooks that I needed and prep materials for my actual, like, state examination. Um, So pretty much what happens is, is you take the class, you need to pass the class, like you get a grade in the class, you need to pass it, there's a certain grade you need, and then you have to pass a practical version where an outside proctor comes in and I think you end up picking or get assigned two or three different clinical, um, like, I don't know how to describe, like actual physical things that you would do clinically and you have to display them. It's a practical. And then you have to go and pass like the state exam that you have to take at like a PSI learning center, just like your MCAT and stuff where all your stuff gets locked up. But you find out right after you take the exam if you pass or not, which is nice. And then you come out, they print you a paper, and then they give you your certification. And then you have to get recertified like every two years. It's not expensive. I think it's like 25 bucks, and then you just have to go to a center, and they literally reprint your thing, um, your cert, your certification. So what did I do as a CNA? As a CNA, so it's a certified nursing assistant, this is a really big thing that a lot of like pre-nursing students do. Um, so pretty much... The whole class teaches you how to help people do their activities of daily living. So I learned how to wash people, how to bathe them, how to feed them, how to change linens, um, how to help people walk, like ambulate people, how to help transfer people, um, brushing teeth, brushing hair, like literally anything that you would consider an activity of daily living that somebody might not be able to complete for themselves due to a disability or a mental disability or anything like that is what we learned. So where did I work as a CNA? First, this job is not a glamorous job. You're really doing the nitty gritty of helping people. I will say it's very rewarding even on your hardest days because you are legitimately helping people with the most mundane of activities. And, you know, like imagine if you couldn't sit up in bed or imagine if you couldn't get up to go to the bathroom on your own or take a shower on your own. Like you are helping people do these things. And you're always, you know, you're dealing with people. Some are not going to be the nicest all the time, but some are very, very thankful. You know, even if someone has an injury and they need help for a little bit, I had a lady like that in the first place I worked. It was like half nursing home, half rehab center. And this woman broke her leg, so her whole leg. So she needed, and she was young. She was like in her 30s. So she needed a lot of help moving around and stuff and doing basic things. And she was so incredibly thankful. And it just makes you feel really good at the end of the day. So 
sorry, tangent. Where did I work? First place I worked was a nursing home slash rehab center. It was like split half and half. It also had a whole section of trachs and vents. It was kind of like a respiratory section, I guess I would say. And it consisted of a lot of totals. So what does that mean? It means that the person is not really able to help themselves in any way, shape, or form. You kind of have to do everything for them. They require total care, hence why they're called a total. So that means you have to bathe them, sometimes give them bed baths, help with the bathroom, you know, change diapers, perinatal care, all that kind of stuff. Um, changing. So you definitely get really close with people because you're helping them with the most intimate of activities. And then I learned so much because this place also had some kind of crazy conditions in it. Um, so I learned so much about the human body and I was freshman of, you know, after my freshman year of college, so how old was I? Like 18, maybe 19, I think it was 18. I don't even remember yet. 18 or 19. So, and then here I am doing some of the most intimate activities of care. And like, I got really close with a lot of the residents in that place. And it was, it honestly was really cool. Um, cause you're there so much and you're there for such long periods of time. My shift, I mean, my shift were only eight hours compared to the 12 that they are now at the hospital, but you get really close with people and it's just, it, it's a really cool experience. I will say. So even though the work sometimes isn't the best due to the smells and everything, um, you, you definitely leave feeling good about yourself and feeling good about the work that you did because you are making a difference in people's lives every single day. Every single day. So that was the first place I worked and I learned a lot about trachs and vents and respiratory care and all that kind of stuff. Um, that especially took some time getting used to. I was really afraid of all the tubes at first and actually one time I was you know, changing somebody and their trach popped out and that was really, really scary. But I learned how to take care of it. I learned what to do in those situations. And it really helped me because now when there's extreme cases in the hospital involving a lot of tubes and vents and stuff, I've been comfortable since day one. So it's really just about desensitizing yourself to, you know, all these different aspects of medicine. And, you know, things are scary at first, but you get used to it. You learn how to handle it. You get better at it. And it just makes you a better caregiver, provider, and it'll really just help you in your future. The more you can learn earlier on, the better. So that was the first place I worked. The second place I worked was an assisted living, again, as a CNA. It was an assisted living home down by my, where I went to college. And I really liked this place. It was really cute. It was really nice. The people were able to do more themselves. They were more, um, you know, with it, less confused. So I was able to have a lot of conversations and, I mean, I had conversations with people at the other place too. It just depended on what side and stuff like that. But it was really nice. You know, everyone's old and cute and it's in assisted living. So that was really fun because I actually got to do activities with them. And sometimes I'd run like the workout classes when I had extra time. And, you know, some people are, it was just, it was a really, that one was fun. And that was like a nice little break from school. I kind of had, not like a home away from home, but it kind of was. And I got super close with some of the residents there. Because some of them don't have family that live close or family doesn't come and visit. So you're there. I wasn't there almost every day. I was working part-time because I was in college. But you're there a lot. And you kind of become their family. And it's just, it is a really, I don't have a better word than cool. But it's a really awesome and cool experience that you get so close with these people so fast. Um, 
and it's just it makes you feel really good and the smallest things you do from them they really appreciate like I drew the one resident's name I just was doodling I doodled his name on a piece of paper and he loved it and hung it up outside his room and you get really close with these people and like when they pass it it's crazy how much it affects you I mean like obviously it's going to affect you you're making these relationships with people you end up knowing for long periods of time but it's I highly suggest being a CNA even if it's for a little bit I was worked as a CNA for I want to say two years I had one more job. This place was like straight nursing home. It had a dementia unit. Um, I worked on that a decent amount and that really taught me a lot about, you know, brain and cognition and all that kind of stuff. Cause if you're willing to put yourself out there and, you know, you tell people your career goals, a lot of the time they will teach you when they have a second, or if you ask questions, someone will teach you, they'll answer your questions. So always ask questions, always put yourself out there always introduce yourself to people because the more people you know and the more relationships you can make the better off you're going to be in the long run so that was my time as a cna um if anyone if i didn't answer it great or anyone has any questions about it feel free to dm me and then my favorite job to date so after i was a cna i went back to college whatnot and then I mean, I was in college the entire time. I was working throughout college. Sorry, that might have made it unclear. I was working throughout college this entire time. Some of them were on summer breaks. Um, other times I worked literally during college. So it is doable. I was a college athlete. So I had soccer practices and games all throughout the fall. And then in the spring, I'd have like morning lift, class, practice. And you just have to fit it into your schedule. Work as much as you can. I would work like two to three days a week. Don't overly stress yourself out because that's what I did and it made my life living hell. I would have lift for soccer at 7 a.m. and then I'd go to class from like 8 to 12 and then sometimes I'd have afternoon practice and then I'd study for the MCAT and then I would go right to work from 3 to 11. Like do not overbook your days because you'll drive yourself insane and I feel like every pre-med does it because you know you're just chasing overachieving. It's not worth it. It's not worth it for your mental health. You're going to burn out. You're going to literally fall apart. So don't overbook yourself. But if you can handle like one to two days a week, go for it because those hours add up. So 110% do what you can handle. So anyway, um, COVID hits in 2020, March, we all go home from college. I'm sitting at home. There's all these, I'm assuming everyone saw it um, on the news. There's all of these reports saying that they desperately need healthcare workers. If you have this license, this license, like please come work. So I'm sitting at home. Unfortunately, I live with my parents and I brought up to my dad. I was like, you know, I have a license where I can help out in this situation. You know, like obviously I don't want to put you and mom at risk, but considering this is the line of work I want to go into, like I want to be a doctor, you know, I kind of feel like I should really look for a job and put myself out there and start helping out, not pay my dues, but you know, really get involved join this huge fight in the medical world right now my parents were against it at first and eventually they were like okay you know we see maybe start poking around so I text my friend who works at the local hospital and she hooks me up with the nurse manager and I send in an application I end up getting an interview and then I got the job so what the job is I'm an emergency room technician it's basically just 
the department name for a PCA, so a patient care associate or a patient care technician, but since I'm in the ED, emergency room technician. And pretty much what it is, you can be a PCA on any floor of a hospital. Um, they're all going to have different jobs. I know that PCAs on just normal like med surge floors, you're basically a CNA. In order to become a PCA, you need to, or yeah, in a hospital, um, you majority of the time need to have your CNA or your EMT license, especially for the emergency room. They usually want you to have one of those first. There are some places that don't require it. I don't know if they still require it. I got my job like three years ago. So definitely something to look into, but um, I love it. So I have learned so much as an emergency room tech. They, right off the bat, trained me to do EKGs. They trained me to do phlebotomy, which is drawing blood. And I do and help with so many procedures. The amount of things that I have learned and seen is crazy. So I have been directly involved with codes. I've performed CPR. Um, I've helped stitch up head plaques. I've assisted in cases with miscarriages. Like, we're not a level one trauma center, so I haven't done anything that's like super crazy trauma with the person's like guts hanging out and stuff like that. But you can get an emergency room technician job in hospitals like that, and you'll learn even more. My friend just got one at like a specialized like neurosurgery hospital for children, and she got to assist a neurosurgeon draining CSF fluid. So like. You, you get to learn and do so much because if they need help, you're right there. You're at their disposal to help. So, you know, if there's no residents that day or whatnot, if you're at a smaller hospital, like one time I got to assist the resident and doctor um, with the ABG placing. Obviously, I did none of it, but I was holding things back and I was helping out. And you get to just witness and learn because you're there. Like, I, I feel like I learn the best by doing and by being involved. And then you help the nurses with so many things, like the amount of procedures I've helped nurses with and just the things you get to do on your own. And then the more that people get to know you, the more they trust you. And obviously you can't be doing things outside your scope. Um, you don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to risk your license or anybody else's, but it's a great experience. And you're one-on-one -on -one with people. Like that's the difference between scribing and being a CNA or an emergency room technician or even an EMT. That's another one that a lot of people do. Um, I think it's emergency medical tech. I think that's what it stands for. I might be wrong, but um, you, that's an EMT is when you ride in the ambulance and you answer 911 calls and stuff like that. But I feel like the difference between those jobs and scribing is that you have direct patient care experience. Like you are talking to patients all day. Like my job as a CNA, it was me and my residents all day. My job's an emergency room technician. It's me and patients all day. And then I help the nurses with absolutely anything that they need. And I help the doctors with whatever they need. And I'm with the doctors a lot because I need to have them sign every EKG. They, I help them with um, or assist with procedures. You know, sometimes they need someone to stand in and watch. Or sometimes they need someone to help hold things. And even consults. Like, I've helped with reductions before. I bring people to scans. When there's a stroke code, like I'm very involved. When there's CPR, I'm very involved. Like there's just so much to do and learn. And then you learn a lot about medications and what medications are given to for different conditions and stuff like that. And you get used to medication names and it's just 
put yourself in those positions where you're going to be able to learn. You know, you can only learn so much from textbooks and, you know, talking about things situationally, but you will never learn as much as you do when you're actually in the situation and you're forced to act and you're forced to be present and learn. And I have learned so much and you get to form these relationships with people like my letters of recommendation for medical school both times came from doctors at my emergency room job and I also didn't really have much shadowing on my application the only shadowing I had the second time around like direct shadowing was like Dr. Gray's virtual shadowing and yeah it was after COVID and stuff so things were messed up but I feel like I shadow doctors all the time because I'm working directly with them so I'm seeing what they're doing and I'm actually helping and I'm involved. And I've worked with emergency room physicians and then all the consulting physicians. You know, there's OBGYNs that have come down and a lot of orthos that come down. We have internal um, internists and internal medicine and hospitalists. So, like, there's so many people that we've had oncologists come down before. Like, there's so many people, plastic surgeons, getting consulted in that you're helping out. So you get to see how they operate, like, exactly what their job entails and... I highly suggest working in an emergency room. And I know other places, everyone has different responsibilities. Um, So just really look into your local hospital or look into a hospital nearby. And 110%, that's the best way to gain clinical experience, in my personal opinion. I loved my job. Um, I know a lot of people are EMTs. They like that as well because you get to see a lot. But my thing with EMTs or being an EMT is that not you don't always get to see through the full treatment Um, at least where I am a lot of the time I get to see the whole treatment plan through as long as the person's getting discharged that shift they are long shifts they're 12 hours so if you don't want to work 12 hours then maybe it's not the job for you but I like it full time is like three 12 hour shifts a week I worked I was per diem so I just picked up as much as I wanted but I used to pick up like two to three shifts a week in my prime time of working there. I work there less now because I have another research job, but yeah. So that is my clinical experiences as a CNA and a, an emergency room technician. Oh, I don't think I mentioned it, which I really should have, but you don't need any qualifications to go get your CNA license. I think, I don't even know if you need to finish college. I, you don't need to finish college because I did as a freshman in college. You might need your high school diploma. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but yeah, go look into it. You can be a CNA, EMT, you can scribe, go be an emergency room technician. Really just get your hands dirty and get yourself in there. Do whatever you can do to gain your clinical experience. The more hours you have, the better because it's going to show that you know what it's like to interact with patients and you need to talk about meaningful experiences that you've had clinically on your application anyway. So you might as well start early. You don't need to work a full-time job right off the bat. Even if you work, you know, one or two days a week, get yourself a part-time job. Just get involved, you know? And you got to see what you like because you might get in there and maybe you're like, oh, I don't like this specialty or I don't want to... Maybe it makes you think you don't want to be a doctor. Maybe you want to do something else like nursing, PA, and who knows? And then you're like, oh, maybe I do want to be a doctor. You never know until you're in the situation. For me, my first day as an emergency room tech, Um, one of our lead doctor, like she's in charge of the entire ED of both of our locations. She on an ultrasound, ultrasound showed somebody their baby 
and I thought it was just the most magnificent thing she showed me as well and I was like I literally left that day I took a video of myself and I was like I know this is what I want to do I want to be a doctor like I was meant to do this like I want that to be me one day it just, it solidified everything for me. So I highly suggest get as many experiences in as you can, learn as much as you can, see as much as you can, because it's really going to help you figure out what you want to do in the long run. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to me ramble on and on about my experiences. I hope this can help at least one of you or at least give you some insight or detail into, you know, what a CNA is, what it does, how it gets you the clinical experience, and same with an emergency room technician. If anyone has any questions about it, please feel free to DM me. I would love to answer any questions you have, and I hope you all have a wonderful day, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at premedproblems with an underscore, and yeah, have a wonderful day, and I will catch you guys next time. Bye.